0: Hi sisters, welcome to today's episode. We are going to be talking about how we can sometimes feel so defeated by all the shiny objects that are thrown at us from this world that tends to take our functions away from the Lord. His grace and his mercy is so amazing. But we're going to look at the book of Hosea today, chapters one and two, and just Reflect on our own walks. There is homework with this assignment to help us go deeper, so you can find that in the show notes. Enjoy. Hi, family. Welcome to God's Word Transforming Lives. Are you wanting to learn the Bible, verse by verse, one letter at a time, with real-life application? Then this podcast is for you. My name is Amy, and I have been teaching the Word of God to women for over 15 years now. I came out of some trauma from my childhood, and it left me feeling so empty. And after searching high and low with everything the world had to offer, I always came up short until I learned the Word of God for myself, and it was in that that I became transformed. So if you would like to be transformed by God's word, then stick around and let's do this together. Did you know that I have a study guide that I have written? Sisters just like you who really want to know the deeper things of God, who want to understand God's attributes like love, God is truth. God is righteous. He's just. What does it mean that he's omnipresent and omniscient? And what does that mean for you personally? When people talk about Jesus and being justified and sanctified and to be redeemed, and how can you apply it to your daily life? And so many other questions like, can we really trust the Bible? And who are we as man? Is hell real? These are great questions that we need to know the answers to as we are walking in our Christ-like faith. To love him is to know him. And Jesus said that we will be worshiping him in spirit and truth. And it is the truth that sets us free. So if you wanna go deeper in your walk with God and have more understanding of the things that he has truly done for you and know more of the word for yourself, I highly recommend this study guide. I will have a link for you in the show notes on where you can get it. It is on Amazon and it's called Equipping the Saints. I hope this episode blesses you. Welcome back. Today, I'm actually going to be doing some self-examination with you through something that the Lord has been you know, talking to me about through his word. So when I did that Leave Babylon fast that we had talked about, where we shut off all our phones and we, you know, did all of that and we refrained refrained from food. That was such a beautiful fast, by the way. I hope that you guys participate in something like that. It's so beautiful and I think very necessary, especially today's distractions that are always being thrown at us and always captivating our hearts. And so I thought it was funny that the Lord led me to read Hosea during that time. And so I haven't even gotten through the first two chap, Like the first two chapters, I've literally been sitting at the first two chapters for weeks now because I cannot get past them because the Lord has just been dealing with my heart so much, really dealing with me in in the areas that he needs to deal with me in. And I thought that was just so cool. And I wanted to share it with you guys because I really feel like this is a lesson, not just for me, but for all of us, because we are living in Babylon. You know, we are living in a society that is so full of distractions and the world has just permeated every aspect of our lives and including inside the churches. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the church, we we look and act just like the world, or we take things of the world and then we just Christianize it. And it's really just the world Christianized, you know, it's, it's still not, you know, um, biblical or, Honoring to the Lord, just because we put Christ's name on it doesn't mean it honors him or that he receives it as honor. And so anyway, so as I'm reading through the book of Hosea, it really brought a lot of conviction to me as I was thinking about how Hosea was told to marry a prostitute, Gomar to in order as a symbol of the adultery that, that Israel was committing to God. That they, God had given them prosperity. He had given them peace. He had done all these great things for them. And they have taken it and they have just shut, like just threw it in his face and they've turned around and used it for idol worship. And so he was like, they are committing adultery on me. They, they are, you know, basically spitting on my name. And, and so as the story unfolds, I'm just thinking, I was thinking like, wow, God, why would you have your prophet literally marry a prostitute? Like that just seems so against everything that we think of in the scriptures and it really hit my heart as it reminded me of the fact that that's what Christ did he came he left glory he put on a human tent he died for a bride that commits adultery on him that we were enemies of the cross when he died for us and yet he loved us so much even as an adulteress rebellious, God-hating people, he still died for us because that's how much he loves us. And I thought of the fact of how much an adulterer and how sinful I was, and yet he chose me out of darkness and cleaned me up and now calls me his bride, calls me his daughter And then here I am, I am his chosen bride. Remember, Israel was his chosen nation that he had loved and poured out his goodness upon them and given them peace. And it was just, he was, they were the apple of his eye. And that's what we are. We are the apple of Christ's eye. We are his set apart bride for him to reflect him, to represent him. And he has grafted us into this beautiful vine, adopted us and calls us son and daughter, and has become a father to us. And yet I still commit adultery on him in many ways. And that's what the that's what these first two chapters have really just been revealing to me is how easily distracted I become from all these lovers. It talks about how Gomer, you know, and Israel, it's like it talks about, you know but it's also talking about Israel as well and how it says here in two, five, four, she said, I will go after my lovers. We'll go after these lovers for they give me my bread, my water, my wool, my linen, my oil, my drink. And that's what we think it's like these empty pleasures that sin gives us. It's these empty pleasures that we go after. We think if we go after these things that they're somehow going to fulfill us. But the truth is they can never fulfill us. Only Christ can fulfill us. And so I was just thinking about how the enemy of my soul is always throwing these these different distractions out, right? So whether it's your phone, whether it's television, whether it's food, whether it's social entertainment, whether it's, you know, sexual things, maybe some people are, you know, they just, they they have these lustful thoughts. You You have pornographic images that are just thrown out at us all the time, whether it's billboards or your Television screen, social media, whatever—you know, there's just all these things that come in. We like, oh, I want to read the Word, I want to spend time with God, and then a, I, I say a squirrel comes right. It's like that spiritual ADD. Like, oh, I, I have plans. I'm going to spend time with the Word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do these things, and then you know, social media goes off, and you're in a conversation. You're scrolling through Facebook or TikTok or Instagram or whatever it is, and and before you know it, an hour's gone by, or maybe you're playing a game on your phone, or you're really binge watching your, this television program, or I don't know, whatever it is that, what are the lovers that attract you? I mean, only you and God can really sort that out but it really is like committing adultery. We're putting so much time, talent, and treasure into these things that are not honoring God. And they're taking away from our spiritual walk and from our gifts and our callings and the time that we have to spend with our savior to get to know him and also to go out and help other people. And that's just really what I was like being like so convicted by is like, how much of my time, talent, and treasure do I waste on things that have no eternal purpose, that have no, there's not gonna be any rewards laid at Christ's feet when I get there. It's just gonna be like, what did you do with your time, talent, treasure that I gave you? After I've saved you out of this dark world and given you this beautiful gift of salvation, what have you done with it? And he talks about how you know, she realizes that she longs for her first husband, that she realizes that these lovers are empty that they have nothing to offer her, that though it is a temporary pleasure and it feels good for the moment, it is not doing anything to satisfy her in the depth of her soul. And so she longs to go back to her first husband. She longs to go back. Israel longs to go back to God or they should, should long ago. And that's how I felt like, it's like, wow, when I'm putting all this time, talent and treasure in these other things, then I'm thinking that they're somehow fulfilling a need or, um, it's, so I don't have to think about things or maybe it's, you know, for stress or whatever, you know, different reasons why there's nothing that satisfies my soul the way that the Lord does spending time in his word spending time in prayer serving other people you know when i'm even working on just you know this these studies and and the things that you know he's teaching me and i can teach others it just blesses my soul in a way that these false idols these distractions cannot they cannot fulfill me they don't give me the kind of joy peace, it is truly temporary pleasures and they are meaningless and they have, they don't bear any fruit in my life. But here's what hit me as well, is he says here in two verse eight, for she did not know that I gave her grain, new wine and oil and multiplied her silver and gold. So here's God. He has blessed us with everything that we have. You and I, our homes, our jobs, our bank accounts, our cars, our, our health you know, our time, whatever time he's given us, like, that's all a blessing from him. And how are we using it? And it says here, which they prepared for Baal. So all this good stuff, God was giving him, giving them, he gave them peace. So they didn't have to like worry about war and their enemies. They had, so they had a lot of time on their hands. They, he gave them prosperity. He gave them the money and, and the things that they had. And what did they do? They used it to worship the false gods, the gods of Baal. And I thought, man, Lord, how often do we do that? You know, we're all the good things you've given us. We have used it to fulfill our own pleasures, to uh, make sure that we have everything we want, to buy all the toys, to spend on the entertainment, to whatever. We'll give a little bit maybe to the church or maybe over here, but really out of our wealth, we give very little and we, we take it all for our own pleasure. And what we're doing is we're worshiping idols. A lot of it's idolatry. A lot of it's idol worship that our hearts are sold out to. And I thought, wow, Lord, how many times have I done that where I've taken precious time that you've given me and I've wasted it watching mindless mindless program on television or I've wasted it scrolling through social media or I've wasted it on entertainment or I've wasted it's not that we can never watch television never have entertainment I'm not talking about legalism this is a heart check for me and this is a heart check for you do we allow these lovers to pull us into idolatry into um you know, wasting our time, talent, treasure that God has so preciously given us instead of doing what we can do for the kingdom of God or getting to know him more or or growing spiritually and maturing, are we wasting it on lovers that can never fulfill us? And that's really what I was starting to think about. But I loved the part where it talks about in 14 where says, Therefore, behold, I will allure her and will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. You know, God is so full of grace and mercy. He loves us so much and that he, as a good shepherd, as a good father, he allures us back to himself, you know, he'll be like, okay, you're getting off track. You're spending too much time. That's what he's done for me. So as I went on this fast of the Babylonian fast, what I say leaving Babylon fast, and I've been just reading Hosea and reading Hosea and studying Hosea, that's where he put, that's where he put me. I had no desire or I wasn't thinking to read Hosea. And then he's been dealing with my heart. What is he doing? He's luring me back and reminding me that there's nothing out there that is more fulfilling than spending precious time with him. I'm so easily distracted. I just am. I always kind of have been where I'm just like, ADD, you know, I'm always like, this, this is fun. And And I have like that that personality where I just like to have fun. I like to be with people. I love social. And so I will easily get distracted into these things. Plus coming from a childhood of a lot of trauma, I learned how to uh, use things to help me not feel the pain. And we talk about this in grief recovery. We call it stirs. And I've talked about this before, you know, short-term energy release behaviors. And so, when we don't want to feel pain we'll open up our phone and just scroll through facebook or we'll play a game or we'll just binge watch a television program or we'll overeat or we'll drink or we'll whatever whatever you are proclivity some people you know do sexual some people go and shop and spend a bunch of money some people go and gamble Uh, Some people are workaholics, they would call workaholics, and they'll just throw themselves into work and they'll work constantly in order to not feel the pain or think about these things. And I still, me myself have that ability to do that. When I, when I'm stressed out, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to feel the pain. I will, I will gravitate towards one of my lovers, but God is saying, no, gravitate towards me. Get in the word, get in prayer. I am the only one that can fulfill you. Those are temporary pleasures that only leave you feeling empty and, and alone. And, you know, sometimes shame and conviction, whatever. But I will always fulfill your needs. So I love that he is a good father and he will allure us back. And he says, not only that, but when you lay these idols down in verse 17, for I will take from her mouth, the names of these of Baals, and they shall be remembered by their name no more. And that was comforting to me. Have you ever had something that really, um, like maybe you smoked cigarettes at one time, or maybe you um, drank, or maybe you were, you know, I don't know, whatever it was, but there was something in your life where when you became born again, God has removed that from your life. And you, there was a time when you thought, man, I could never live without a cigarette. I will. It was so I have to smoke or whatever it is. And now being a Christian, God has literally taken that from you where you don't even think about cigarettes anymore. Not even a desire. You have no desire. It's like, you don't remember being that person that smokes cigarettes and you have no desire for it. And even if it tries to call out to you, it's like, "Mm, I have no desire for that. That's what he's talking about here. That when we lay these idols down and we submit ourselves to his lordship and we take every thought captive and we really start to, um, you know, live intentionally that eventually this stuff it's like taken from us. Like it's no longer even a Lord to us anymore. We don't desire it. And, and we really do conquer it in Christ through the Holy spirit and by his word. And I just thought that was beautiful. And it's a beautiful reminder that though, maybe you're struggling with something right now, maybe there's a sin that you're struggling with. There's a something in your life where you have conviction. God has told you, stop doing that. Stop messing with that. Stop, whatever, stop spending money on that, whatever it is. And you're, you're struggling, know this, that God loves you and that he is luring you back. And he, and he, he is going to forgive you if you confess your sin and repent, and then just be intentional in your walk with the word, getting accountability, make sure you have somebody that you're talking to about it, that you have somebody that you can say, Hey, hold me accountable to this for a while. Pray, get your prayer partner, um, or get some a discipleship or counsel. If you don't have anybody, you know, contact me, I'd be happy to you know help disciple you through it, through the word of God. But that's an encouragement that it will not always have a grip on us. And because there are so many things where I have, you know, God has delivered me out of, and I don't even think about those things, but I still have things today that still lure me, you know, when I don't want to feel pain, I don't want to deal with things, or I just, whatever, I get lazy. I don't get in t- I'm not being intentional, you know, then these lovers will come in and they're so empty and they have nothing for me. And at the end of chapter two, verses 19, 19- through 23 is a great encouragement how he brings the people back to himself he brings us back to himself himself reminds us that we are betrothed to him That nothing and no one will snatch us out of his hand. He loves us to pieces. We are on a sanctification road. Remember I have the teaching of my favorite doctrine, the imputation of Jesus Christ on my worst day and my best day, I am still walking in Christ's holiness and Christ's righteousness. And that's why there's no condemnation to me. And I can be free to walk this sanctification road without fear that God's just going to like come down and kill me. Though he could, if I don't my act together but that's he is drowning in grace and mercy and so are you if you're born again so he 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 reminds him of that and at the very end the last sentence he says you are my people and they shall say you are my god and so i just love that god has reminded me that i am his and he is mine and though i have committed adultery on him and i battle it and i battle the distraction i battle babylon that he still loves me, he's still walking with me, and just him taking me to Hosea 1 and 2 is a reminder how he is luring me back into the wilderness with him and reminding me that I've I need to stay intentional and not allow myself to fall into these traps that the enemy lays for me and that, you know, there is nothing that is more fulfilling than Christ in his word, in his in his presence in my life. And so I pray this blesses you, Lord. I pray for every hearer of this teaching that, Lord, you are luring them back right now to you, reminding them that you are the lover of their soul and that you have given them every good gift that they have. And it is to be used for your glory. And Father, thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you that you love us so much that you will allure us back And show us where we need to clean our lives up a little bit. Show us where we are still uh, missing the mark, right? Which is sin. We're missing the mark. And and so I thank you for that. I pray strength to each and every one of my sisters. I pray that they have uh, people in their lives, discipling them through the word, loving them into wholeness, helping them to get over maybe past hurts, traumas, things that they um, just they're, maybe they're using these lovers to uh, dull the pain, God. And so, Father, you are truly the balm of Gilead for us. You are the one that heals our hearts and and is the only one that can fulfill all of our needs and bring us to wholeness. And so help us not to forget that. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to have a homework assignment for you. So um, in the show notes, click on there. And there's going to be a journal prompt for you to work on some scriptures to read and go further some prayer prompts and some self-reflection with just you and the Lord and I hope it blesses you so God bless you guys until next time family I hope you enjoyed today's episode if it has blessed you in any way would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours one more small little favor if you would head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's Word. Again, don't forget, guys. Until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's Word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for His good work. Grace and peace I leave with you until next time.